0: Episode number 197 of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Wellbeing, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything, These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So today is the 1st of February, 2021, which means I'm going to be introducing a new word for you to focus on for this coming month. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. And just to let you know, this is a practice I have been facilitating so that whether or not you are working with me directly one-on-one or in my group program called The Journey, you can still be a part of this work of getting unstuck and living deliberately. And the idea is to really focus in on this one word for the month and genuinely admit where you may be feeling stuck and practice to get unstuck, and then get clear so you can live deliberately with that word. And if you are totally unfamiliar with the terminologies I just used, I highly recommend that you check out my two books, Getting Unstuck and The Clear Way. So in December, we practiced generosity, and in January, we practiced courage. This month, we are going to be focusing on love. And when I say love, I don't mean the noun love. But what I mean is being loving. All of the words that we focus on each month are being words. They are different ways that you can show up in the world. And some of them may come easier or more naturally to you than others. But the point is not how easy they come to you. Actually, it's quite the opposite. It's when working with a particular word is hard for you, and you work through it to get unstuck and get clear that growth and evolution occurs. In fact, what I just said reminded me of a wonderful teaching by a very big luminary in the world who just passed away from COVID. Rabbi Abraham Tversky was not only a renowned rabbi, but a well-respected psychiatrist. And I actually would like to dedicate this episode to his memory. I'd like to share with you a one-minute, very popular teaching of his about lobsters.
1: A lobster is a soft, mushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining, right? And the the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell, and produces a new one. Well eventually, that shell becomes very uncomfortable as it grows, right? Back under the rocks, and the lobster repeats this numerous times. The stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Now, if lobsters had doctors, they would never grow, because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable, goes to the doctor, gets a Valium, gets a Percocet, feels fine, never cuts off its shell. So I think that we have to realize is that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity.
0: Wasn't that great? Such a great teaching. And this is really what we are doing with Living Deliberately. We are growing and evolving, not because these words that we are working on each month are easy, but sometimes just the opposite because they challenge us to notice where we are stuck and what's holding us back. And then we practice to get unstuck so we can be the people that we really want to be. Now, before I go on, I would like you to bring to mind someone in your life where your relationship isn't great or it's not what you want it to be, and that maybe you wish you had more love in that relationship. Okay, this could be with a spouse, an in-law, a friend, a child, a neighbor, someone you work with, it doesn't matter, but just pick one person as I think it's going to help you think about what I am going to be sharing and even apply some of the things I'm going to share with you in this episode. Okay, so I was working with a client last week And this client is working on healing her relationship with her adult daughter. And we were reviewing the unstuck method. And when we got to the consider step, I offered that we do role play. I find role play a really powerful exercise in the work I do because it offers an opportunity for my clients to really witness other ways for them to be thinking and feeling and behaving. So we did a role play where I was my client and my client took on the role of her daughter. And it was supposed to be a phone conversation where the daughter called the mom. So I answer the phone and the daughter starts speaking, but it's very short and she's not sharing many details and it feels very cold and I, the mom, ask her when she's planning to visit. And the daughter answers that she's not planning to visit because she's really busy. And it's like that, that's how the conversation goes. And this is where my client was feeling stuck. She was feeling disrespected, she was feeling uncared for, she was feeling unseen, and she was, of course, feeling unloved. So as the mom, I listened to the daughter, and what I found myself saying, without really preparing to do this, it was just something I just said in the conversation, I hear you and I'm really sorry that you don't have time to visit me and I love you and I hope that we can see each other again soon. But even if you don't have time to visit me in the near future, I just wanna let you know how much I love you. And I said a few more things, but that was the gist of it. And when we finished role-playing, my client was a little stunned, I think, because I don't think she expected me to use the words, I love you. And she said something like, I don't usually say that to her. And by the end of the conversation, she also said that was something she was going to try. A few days later, she sent me a note saying, it's really hard for her to use those words. So I wanted to start this episode with that story and talk about what it means to be loving and why you may want to choose to be loving despite how others around you are acting. First of all, to me, what it means to be loving towards someone else is to give love without conditions. It means giving of your heart completely without expecting a thank you in return or a smile or even respect, right, from that other person. When you are truly being loving, you are giving not to gain something, but you are giving love simply to give. Now, why would you want to choose to be loving? Well, I could answer in many ways, right? I could say, it'll make the other person feel better. I could say, it'll make the world a better place. But the truth of the matter is, I really only have one reason. The reason why you would want to choose to be loving is because when you are being loving, It feels good that's it that is the only reason you may choose to be loving now is that a selfish reason sure is (laughs) and you know what that's okay I don't see a problem with that I don't see a problem when you consciously choose to feel something good Now, in every life situation, we have an opportunity to choose how we want to feel. Okay, it's true. We actually have a choice to how we feel. And the way that we choose how we feel is by choosing our thoughts because our thoughts create our feelings. And in any given situation, you have the choice to be angry or to be loving, to be pissed off at someone or to be loving, to be disappointed by someone, or to be loving. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely am not saying that you should be feeling happy or loving or joyful all of the time. Absolutely not. I do not believe that. I do believe the human experience is meant to be lived in balance, and I do believe we are meant to feel the full spectrum of emotions, And when you are feeling sad, I actually believe you're meant to feel that completely and fully. And when you're feeling disappointed, you're also meant to feel that fully and completely. And that's actually one of the steps in the unstuck method. It's the T-step for tell, where you access your emotions. But I also believe two other things. One, that you are not meant to swim in those emotions endlessly and two, when you're done feeling that emotion, you can choose another one. And the option of being loving is always available to you. Now, let's go back to my client's story for a moment. Why was my client feeling stuck? It's because she expected her daughter to be acting another way. Now, maybe that expectation was unconscious, but she had that expectation And when it wasn't being met, she got stuck. And more than this, my client believed, and maybe she continues to believe, that if her daughter acts differently, then she'll feel better. And this is where the problem comes in. That is not true. In fact, it can't ever be true, and this is why. Nobody can ever make you feel a certain way. People and things outside of you do not have the ability to make you feel anything. I'm gonna say that again, because I'm sure half of you just probably responded in your mind something like, Shira has no idea what she's talking about. So I wanna say it again, and I'm gonna offer you an example. So people and things outside of you do not have the ability to make you feel any certain way, ever. The only way you feel in your life is from your thinking, 100% of the time. Things outside of you don't make you feel certain ways. It's your thinking about those things outside of you that does and there's a huge difference there. There's the thing or the person or the circumstance, whatever it is, and then there's your thinking about that thing or that person or that circumstance that places a charge on it, which creates your feelings. This is so foundational and so fundamental to the work we do with getting unstuck and living deliberately that if that idea didn't quite sink in right away, I highly suggest you re-listen to this episode until it does. Believe me, you will never, ever be able to get unstuck if you believe that the things outside of you cause you to feel the way you feel. Ever. Living deliberately is just quite the opposite. Living deliberately is about taking full responsibility. In fact, the way I define living deliberately is the moment-to-moment conscious practice of managing your mind so you can purposefully choose your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions to create the life that you want to live, okay? So in that definition, there is no mention of other people. Living deliberately has nothing to do with how other people around you are acting or being. In fact, it's about releasing responsibility for how they are acting because that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is about the thoughts you choose and hence the feelings you choose. That's what this is all about. So let me give you an example. My husband sometimes tells me he loves me. Sometimes. (laughs) He doesn't say it all the time and he says it at random moments. So let's say, my husband and I get into an argument, and then at the end, he'll say, I love you. I may hear those words and totally not believe him, (laughs) right? I may be thinking, oh, that's just his way of apologizing. He's too big to apologize, right? I could totally not believe that he really loves me and that he's just saying those words to get out of something. And then there could be another situation where totally randomly, and I mean totally randomly, he'll just come up to me, give me a hug or send me a text message and say, I love you. And my gut reaction to that may be, oh my gosh, this is the best man in the world. I'm so lucky, I totally love him too. But look at that. It's the same man and it's the same exact words. And sometimes I choose to believe him. And when I do, I get this lovey-dovey feeling inside. And sometimes I choose to totally not believe him. And when I do that, I actually feel angry or averse towards him. Can you see that? I get to choose how I feel in any given moment. Now, I may not even be aware that I'm consciously choosing how I feel in any given moment because I'm not aware of my thinking but that's what's happening. And that's why awareness plays such a huge part in this work. And so if my husband chooses to say, I love you, it's not to make me feel better, even if he thinks that might work. And by the way, that might be his reason, but he's wrong. Sorry, husband. Just because you say, I love you to me, can't make me feel anything. That's up to me. And so when I say I love you to my husband, I know he may receive those words and I also know he may not receive those words. He may be like, why are you saying that to me in the middle of the day? Is something going on? Do you need something? (laughs) Right? But I know that when I consciously say those words to him, it's because I want to feel a certain way. I want to feel full of love. And the way that I do that is by being loving. Now, like I said, do I feel that way all of the time? Of course not. Sometimes my husband and I disagree, sometimes I'm in a bad mood, sometimes he disappoints me, but that's all on me. And I get to choose those feelings in any and every given moment. I always get to choose what I do with my thoughts, which is why, What I feel is always up to me and it's not up to him, even though sometimes I slip and I blame him for my own unhappiness. Okay, think about expectations that you have of the person that you brought to mind in the beginning of this episode. What expectations do you have of that person? Do you expect them to make you feel beautiful? Do you expect them to make you feel smart? Do you expect them to make you feel happy, sexy? Do you expect that they are going to complete you? If you have any of those expectations, it is so important that you are aware of them because those expectations very likely are going to get you stuck. That person that you're thinking of does not have the power to do any of those things for you. And by the way, we don't learn this in school, right? It's crazy when you wake up to this truth. The only way that you can feel beautiful or smart or happy or sexy or complete is because of you. And the reason that only you have that power is because it's your thoughts that generate your feelings. That's the only place your feelings come from. And so everything you feel, absolutely everything, is generated by your own mind and not from anywhere else. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Now, let's say I have a difficult person in my life. Maybe it's my husband, maybe it's my daughter, again, a parent, an in-law, a neighbor, a coworker, a boss, it doesn't matter. You're in relationship with this person and it's difficult. And let's say you're not feeling loving feelings towards them in particular. And you wonder to yourself, why is this person in my life, right? Why is he or she in my life when I don't feel loving thoughts towards them? And my answer to you about that is that that person exists in your life for a purpose. And the reason that person was placed in your life was for them actually to be an object for you to love. In fact, I would even go farther to say that that person was divinely placed in your life for them to be an object for you to love. The purpose of their existence is so that you can practice being loving, and that is it. Now, while your lower mind, episode 146, may be telling you that they need to change in order for you to be happy, or that they need to act differently for you to be happy, or for them to be more respectful in order for you to be happy, the truth is that none of that is true. They are in your life placed in the most perfect and divine way for your own practice to be loving. And in fact, it's when they don't change that you receive even more opportunities to practice. It actually works to your advantage when they don't change, not against you. It's quite amazing when you think of it this way, no? And so the only thing that you need to do, the only thing, is to be loving towards them. That's your job. That's your only job. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying you need to like the person. You really don't need to like them. But if you are in a relationship with this person and you are choosing to stay in a relationship with this person, your job, in my opinion, is to love them. Now, I can already hear some of you saying, why would I choose to be loving when they, whatever, fill in the blank, X, Y, Z? Maybe you're thinking they don't deserve your love. And so here's the thing that you need to remember. When you choose to love someone, like I said in the beginning, you're choosing to do that because you want to feel a certain way. When you choose to love someone, it's actually not for them because you don't even have the power to make them feel anything. As I mentioned earlier, you just simply don't have that power. So the reason you would want to be loving towards someone is so that you can feel those feelings rather than feeling angry or disappointed or resentful because those feelings aren't feelings that most people want to feel. Now, You may be stuck in thinking that it's not fair that you have to do all of the work about being loving and they don't have to do that. But I invite you to consider to try to get unstuck from that. Because remember, you are only responsible for yourself. The thoughts you choose, the feelings you have, the responses you create. That's it. How others act is not your responsibility. And if you're stuck on that, I encourage you to tune into next week's episode where I'm going to be talking more about that. But I'll just say one thing in a nutshell. When you have the opportunity to love someone, that's really a gift. It's a gift to yourself. And if that's the only reason you will choose to be loving towards someone, I happen to think that's a pretty good and important and valuable reason. Look, I have a neighbor who in the past did not act very respectfully towards me. And I won't go into details, but we can just say that it wasn't nice. And for a while I held negative feelings towards this person every time I passed her house. Until one day I decided that that's not who I want to be. And I realized I was giving away my power. I was letting my neighbor decide who it is that I was being in the world, which absolutely makes no sense. And so one day I decided to be loving towards her. Now, first of all, she has no idea that I decided this, other than the fact that I'm maybe smiling more, or I'll respond to a need she may have on the community WhatsApp group, but I decided to do this not because she deserves my love, but because I don't wanna walk around being an angry person. Being loving is selfish, it really is, and I'm all for it. I am practicing to being loving towards her because I want to have those feelings, that's it. And by the way, my neighbor doesn't get to choose the fact that I am choosing to be loving towards her. First of all, she may not even be aware that I'm practicing to be loving towards her, Because, you know, it's not like I'm sending love notes or doing anything outrageously obvious at this point. And secondly, she doesn't get to choose who I'm being. That's not her responsibility. She doesn't get to choose if I am being loving towards her or not. I do. Her responsibility is for her to just be her. That's it. And I get to choose what I do with her existence. And by the way, I am quite clear that nothing may happen when I'm being loving towards my neighbor. I don't expect her to smile back at me. I don't expect her to become a really friendly person all of a sudden. I don't expect her to change in any way. That's not my responsibility. It could very well be that nothing changes with her. And the only way that something will change in her is if she chooses to change her thoughts. I'm not in control of that. If I choose not to be loving towards my neighbor, that's on me. It has absolutely nothing to do with what she has done in the past or how she's being now. Now, something else I would just wanna add in here. I can leave this situation, right? I can choose another house to live in, I could choose to leave this community, or in your situation, whatever your situation is, you can end a friendship or a marriage or whatever relationship you're in. But here's the one thing I want to say about that. If you're going to end a relationship, my suggestion would be to choose to end it only after you are feeling loving towards that person and not to leave when you are feeling resentful. I would never say to anyone, by the way, not to end a relationship. That is not advice I would give to anyone. In fact, I don't ever give advice. I simply offer considerations. But what I would say is to make sure if you are choosing to end it, that you're ending it from a place of being loving towards that person, and this is why. If you are feeling anything other than love towards that person, and you think you'll be able to find another person to replace that person with, who's gonna make you feel differently, it's not going to happen. Because don't forget the premise here. What you feel at any given time comes from your own brain. So if you're feeling anger or resentful or disappointed, you are simply going to just bring those feelings along with you into the next relationship because those feelings are coming from within you and not from outside of you. You can choose to leave a relationship at any time. It actually doesn't have to end on a bad note. But if you choose to end it, and this, by the way, also pertains to your work, if you choose to end it, first show up loving in that relationship before you leave it. Because again, if you can't, you will simply bring the way that you are being now into the next relationship or into the next job. Now, you can disagree with me, and I welcome that conversation inside of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately Facebook group. In fact, my husband disagrees with me. He thinks that when I do this, I'm appeasing the bully by loving her. But I don't see it that way. And again, I'm not saying that I am even practicing to like this person. What I am saying is that I'm consciously choosing to feel a certain way towards her, yes, selfishly, because I don't want to walk around being angry. That's it. I'm not appeasing her. I'm simply being the person I want to be in the world. It actually has nothing to do with her. And the best thing about this work is that if I want, I get to feel that way all the time (laughs) because that's my choice and no one can stop me. Now, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you can't do this because you're stuck, again, I'm going to talk more about that in next week's episode. But the one concept I would really try to urge you to grasp for now is that the reason that person exists in your life, whoever that person is, it's not to make you feel better in any way, but it's for you to have an object to love and it's for you to practice being loving. Now, this is not to say that I'm perfect at this. I am so not perfect. But what is true is that I understand this concept. And so when I'm not feeling loving, I know straight away it's not because that other person isn't being loving towards me, and it's not because of how they're acting, and it's not because of how they're being. It's simply because I am not creating loving feelings from within me, and that's it. Just the other day, something happened with my husband. I don't know if you heard, but a few episodes back, I was talking about a webinar that I was going to lead, and that webinar was leading up to sharing about the launch of my new program called The Journey, and it was the first time I led this webinar, and I worked hours and hours, and actually weeks and weeks on it, and I really didn't know who was going to show up and who was going to end up enrolling in the group. And when I realized a week later that I actually had enough people enrolling, not only in one group, but in two groups, I was so excited because I really didn't know what to expect. And I told my husband, he was sitting at the computer doing work at the time, but I was like, hey, guess what? You know, that kind of thing. And his response wasn't the response that I expected. Right? I expected him to be as excited as I was. And he just kind of blew me off. <laughs> and I got stuck. And I didn't get unstuck right away. In fact, I only got unstuck like two days later, which I don't ever recommend if possible, but sometimes that's just what happens if you feel like you're staying stuck. But I got myself unstuck and I got myself clear, and by doing so I made a huge shift in who I was being which of course he gladly welcomed. So in other words, I became happier not because I changed him, and I became happier not because he gave me the response I was looking for. That's not what happened. What happened was I accepted him for who he is and for who he's not, and I got happier because I got unstuck, and I got happier because I got clear. And I got happier because I changed how I was thinking. Remember, his job is not to be anyone else that he's not already being. That's just not his job. And when I try to convince myself that my job is to change him, I'm only going to walk into a hole every single time. And this is why. First of all, if and when I try to change my husband, and believe me, I have tried hard for so many years to do so, he becomes resentful. He doesn't like it when I try to change him, just like I can't stand it when he tries to change me. Secondly, if he does change, that's not necessarily going to guarantee that I'm going to be happier. There's no guarantees in life. The only way I'm going to be happier is if I change my thinking about him. And thirdly, even if I try to change him, he probably won't change because change really needs to come from the person and not from the outside. So it's like a lose-lose situation when you create guidebooks for other people to follow, which, by the way, is something most of us unconsciously do all of the time. And when we do that, we just get stuck. But again, more on that next week. There's just way too much for me to share in one episode. But the idea is... Let the person be who they are, and you do your job, which is to love them, short and sweet. Look, we're all walking around with stories, all of the time, but what most of us don't know is the power we have to change our stories. We always have that choice. We can believe one thing and one day decide that we were totally wrong and that we're going to try out a new thought. If you believed up until now that the person you have been thinking about this entire episode was responsible to make you feel a certain way, I encourage you to consider believing otherwise. I invite you to consider that you are 100% responsible for creating the feelings you want to feel, which I also spoke about a few episodes back in episode 190 on how to feel on purpose. Being loving or being any way that you wanna be is a practice, just like anything else. It's a skill that needs to be cultivated. And the more you practice that skill, the more loving experiences you are going to create for yourself. And if you're not stuck about that idea, you will see how amazing it feels to be loving. And here's something else to consider. Whatever story you have right now about that person, your mind is always going to try to find evidence to prove that you are right. If you wake up in the morning and you have a story that it's going to be a bad day, chances are your mind is going to find all the reasons in the world why today is going to be a bad day. If you wake up and you have a story in your mind that today is going to be an amazing day, chances are your mind is also going to find evidence for that. It's just how the mind works and how the mind is wired. The mind always wants to prove itself right. So if you have a story about how lucky you are that this person is in your life because their mere existence is there to encourage you to become a more loving person, You may find lots and lots and lots of reasons to be grateful for their existence. If you have a story about someone about why you don't love them anymore, and maybe a story about how you never loved them, and maybe a story about how you fell out of love with this person, well, your mind is going to find all the reasons in the world to prove this true to you as well. The question is, which story do you want to write? And how do you want to feel? Because don't forget, you are the writer, director, and producer of your own life every single day. And don't ever forget that. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. As always, I look forward to getting unstuck and living deliberately with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, it would be incredibly awesome if you could leave a review for me on iTunes. If you're not sure how to do that, head over to my website, shiragora.com forward slash iTunes to learn the step-by-step process to do just that. I thank you for sharing your feedback with me, and I look forward to being here again with you next week.